right. So to get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background, current position, and research focus areas? Yeah, I'm a professor of medicine at the University of Pennsylvania in the pulmonary division. Uh, I've been interested in lung cancer and the other chest disease, mesothelioma, for um, most of my career and have worked for many, many years um, trying to develop new treatments based on um, initially with gene therapy treatments, and that morphed over the years to um, immunogene therapy treatments. So that is using um, inserting genes into the tumor or into other cells that would then activate a patient's own immune system to get rid of the tumor. So um, the initial work we did was primarily focused on treating the tumors themselves, and this was in the mesothelioma tumors, which are um, tumors caused by asbestos that affect the lining of the lung, but enables us to put a small tube in and inject um, different types of medications or cells or gene therapy. Um, and the first big project that was funded by the National Cancer Institute starting in 1995 um, injected a gene that caused tumor cell death, but also acted the, activated the immune system. And actually I've been working on that project for almost 20 years. Uh, we switched one of, we switched our gene therapy um, cargo at one point, um, but we were able to complete a relatively large study for one institution with 40 patients and showed that our treatment could prolong the survival of previously treated patients with mesothelioma. And that trial is actually um, going on to an international phase three trial that's gonna start within a few months. Um, that was the original focus of this program project that started in 1995. Um, when Carl June arrived at Penn in early 2000, we started um, shifting our direction a little bit towards CAR T cells, because that was a big interest of his. And again, the, the program project supported um, his project that focused on trying to use the CAR T cells for a solid tumor rather than the, the uh, leukemias and lymphomas that he'd been working on and had, had been so successful. So those projects took advantage of the fact that there's a specific protein on the surface of most mesothelioma cells called mesothelin. Uh, and that served as our target. So um, he created CAR T cells that could recognize that particular protein, which is not expressed very much elsewhere in the body. And <clears throat> for many years, we worked on uh, animal models of the CAR T cells. About five years ago, we felt we'd gotten to the point where we could actually try this in patients. So we began clinical trials using very short-acting um, gene therapy techniques. So if there was any complications, the, the gene would disappear quickly. We didn't see complications with that. We moved to um, infecting the, the patient's own T cells with a, a virus derived, but not infectious, of course, from the HIV virus called a lentivirus, and completed a clinical trial with that <coughs> without complications. And have recently, um, in collaboration with Novartis, um, started doing a bigger trial with a new virus that's and new car that's much more powerful than the original one. And that's the basis of this new program project 
which in many ways is just an extension of the other one. But this, this one focuses um, primarily, well, exclusively on the CAR T cells. Um, the, in addition to the, the trial targeting the tumor, this new program project uh, also has a big project where we're targeting the, the support structure of the tumor. So in a given tumor, it's not just tumor cells. Sometimes more than half the cells are support structure cells, and the, one of the most important are called fibroblasts. Fibroblasts are the cells that make scars. And uh, in a tumor, they, they provide this, basically the scaffolding and protect the tumor cells from attack. So the second big project that was just funded is to develop a clinical trial using a whole different type of CARs to target the structure rather than the tumor itself with the ultimate goal of probably combining that with other therapies or with two different types of CARs, one to target the tumor and one to target the structure around it. Can you give a brief description of how CAR-T works? I think a good way to think about it is um, if you think about transplantation. So if you were given a kidney or a lung or a liver or a heart from a mismatched donor, your immune system would recognize that tissue as foreign and within days would, would destroy the entire graft. So our immune systems are really well-tuned um, to target foreign proteins. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, as we develop tumors, Tumors also have different proteins, but because it takes a long time for the tumors to develop, um, the, the tumors have ways of um, evading the immune system, sort of hiding from the immune system, even though they still have some differences from normal tissue. So the idea with CAR T cells is to artificially engineer your own T cells so that they could now recognize those foreign proteins on the surface of tumors. So, for example, the one I just gave you, mesothelin, um, that's a normal tumor, but our own, our own immune systems don't react to it very well, and it's even worse in the patients that have big tumors that suppress the immune system. So by making T cells, that we're, and we do this by genetically changing them, we put in a, a, a protein that enables them to target whichever we, whatever we choose them to target. So a CAR T cell, in the case of the leukemia, targets a, a protein that's only found on the on the, the B cells. Those are the antibody cells, and those that B cell antigen it's called CD19. It's the immunologists have a whole numbering system of things, but you might have heard of CAR19. That, that's the the thing that's worked so well with the, with the lymphomas and leukemias, uh, because the only cells that have that are the tumors and our own B cells and Carl's group targeted T cells to attack that particular antigen. And in fact, it does knock out your normal B cells, but it also wipes out the tumor cells also. So by taking the cells out, exposing them to a virus that enables them to have a, a new targeting system put in, we can then put those cells back in and theoretically they'll circulate around the body like a normal lymphocyte would. When they see their target, they'll stop, they'll start to um, grow, and they'll start to kill the tumor cell. And, you know, that's worked very, very well in what we call liquid tumors, leukemias and tumors of the blood system. And as you know, there's been a number of FDA approvals now for these CAR T cells, these genetically targeted killer cells uh, in those diseases. But so far, it hasn't worked 
nearly as well for what we call solid tumors, the more common tumors, lung cancer, colon cancer, ovarian cancer, pancreas cancer, et cetera. And that's really what, what we're trying to do is get the same type of success that has been achieved in these blood tumors in the solid tumors. Can you explain the grant that the National Cancer Institute awarded to Penn Medicine and how Penn Medicine will utilize that over the five years? This grant was given to us by the National Cancer Institute. There's, they, they have a number of divisions down there. Um, this grant went to a, one of the division that's focused on clinical trials. So they try to fund um, new and exciting clinical trials rather than more basic research. So this grant, as well as the previous grant, is centered on conducting a clinical trial. And with, with these kind of cellular therapies and the first time they're going to people, you know, it's, it's quite expensive to do that. Making those viruses and making the T-cells can cost up to $100,000 per patient. Um, so this grant is focused on the, the main project is a clinical trial. We're finishing off this mesothelin CAR T-cell trial I told you about, and then we plan to start the new trial that's targeting the fibroblasts. And the accompanying projects are closely linked to that. Um, one project is using uh, animal models to see if we can improve what we're doing, um, test some of these new therapies regarding the fibroblasts, looking at interesting combinations that might work. And the third project is focused on trying to analyze what happens to the T cells and the tumors after we inject them into the patients. So one of the things we're trying to do is uh, actually stimulate a patient's own immune response to attack the tumor. Because one of the big problems with solid tumors is not every tumor cell has the target on it. So let's say, and, and this is very common, 80% or even 90% of the tumors might have the target of the CAR T cell. So even if everything went perfectly well, you would still be missing 10% of those cells. And what happens in cancers is they're selected. There's a selection where you kill the cells that are susceptible and the other ones then just continue to grow and overgrow. So we, we need to develop ways to get rid of that last 10%. And one of those approaches is that we hope that when there's an active immune response that then wakes up the, the resting immune system that we have and that's able to then kill the remaining tumor cells, which have their own uh, changes that, are, that don't involve the target of the CAR T cells, but are foreign to the body. One of the big things that's been discovered in the last five years is that as when you get tumors, there's many mutations. And it turns out that those mutations make new proteins that the body's never seen before. So it creates an immune response against those proteins. Um, that can be activated by the, you probably heard of the checkpoint inhibitors, Keytruda, for example, we've taken advantage of that. Um, and what we're hoping to do is to develop ways to make the CAR T cells also activate the body's own immune system to get rid of the remaining tumors. So it's a clinical trial with um, two sister trials that uh, take, um, that are focused directly on the on the, the findings that we have. And then there are some, uh, the, these program projects have what are called cores that support the main project. So there's an administrative core, there's a core where we um, 
analyze some of the blood tests and things from the patients. And then we have a core that is involved with a statistician and analyzing our data. Now, you, you just covered some of this here, but um, what exactly is needed in order to use CAR-T in solid tumors, and what are the challenges? Yeah, it, it turns out there are a lot of challenges. So one of the one of the main ones is just what I told you, so that not every tumor cell has your target on it. And that's what we're trying to do. We call it a bystander effect. So we're trying to induce a response that will kill those non-targeted tumor cells. But there are many other problems. For example, um, the, the T cells are injected intravenously, usually, into the bloodstream. And they're very inefficient in finding the tumor cell and staying in there. You know, less than 1% of the injected cells end up going into these tumors, partially because they're usually, as I mentioned, they usually have this, this encasement of scar tissue around them that makes it very hard for the T cells to, to actually go in there. So the targeting, unlike a blood tumor where you inject the CAR T cells, the blood tumor cells are right there. They don't have to worry about that. So that's one of the issues. A second issue is inside of a solid tumor, unlike the blood, the environment inside of a tumor is, is very um, inhospitable for the T cells. And by that, what happens inside of a tumor, the sugar levels are very, very low. The nutrient levels are very, very low. It's you know, very acidic inside the tumors, and that tends to inactivate them or kill them once they get inside. In addition to that, the the tumors have developed methods to escape the immune system, and there are some cells that are inside of the of the tumor that can inactivate the T cells, and they they also secrete different chemicals and that are very uh, much able to 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 prevent the T cells from working. So that's a sort of a toxic brew that makes it hard for the T cells to work. In addition to that, it turns out that our our own T cells are programmed to turn themselves off after they're stimulated. So if you think about it, if you developed a virus, let's say a cold, and your T cells came in to get rid of the virus, if they don't turn themselves off relatively quickly, you'll get a, a tremendous damage to the tissue due to this unrelenting immune response. That's what happens in some of these so-called autoimmune diseases where the immune system doesn't turn itself off. And that works well in an infection because you can knock out the infection relatively quickly um, and the T cells are programmed to sort of turn themselves off and everything goes back to normal. Well, in the tumors, the T cells get activated all the time. There's so many tumor cells that can't get rid of them quickly. And so what they end up doing is turning themselves off Again, that's one of the ways these Keytruda works is that there's, it, it targets one of these receptors that helps the tumor cells turn themselves off. So between the, the trafficking, the, the not having the target on every tumor cell, the inhospitable environment, the uh, chemicals that are released that turn off T cells, uh, and the fact that the T cells turn themselves off, it's really made it difficult on the solid tumor side um, compared to the liquid tumor side. So a lot of what we're doing is, you know, working on how do we overcome each of these potential problems. What, one, one way, a simple way, is to actually directly inject the tumor cells 
the T cells, I'm sorry, into the tumors themselves, and you can overcome some of those trafficking issues. And so for the tumors, what some of the tumors we're interested in, like mesothelioma, you can actually just put a small tube in where the tumor is and inject cells. And there's a trial actually in Sloan Kettering that's doing that, and it's looking pretty promising. For the lung cancer, we could actually, instead of giving in by vein, we could actually inject right into the tumor cells, and, and we'll be looking into that kind of thing. Of course, you know, giving two different types of CAR T cells is a way you might be able to get around the fact that not every tumor cell has, has the target on it. So it, it's a tall order, and um, there's a number of people working on it. But to date, I, I just recently reviewed all the clinical trials. There's been a couple hundred patients reported, and, you know, very few patients have had responses, you know, a handful maybe. At, at this point, you know, of course, the seeing the, re, the incredible paradigm-changing results in leukemia and lymphoma has really energized the immunology community and the, the CAR T cell community to to say, yes, this is possible. We just have to figure out how to overcome some of these obstacles. How many more patients will benefit from CAR T therapy in, in solid tumors versus the current approved methods that it's for in the blood cancer? Well, there, you know, there's 10 times, 20 times more patients with solid tumors than these leukemias and lymphomas, which are relatively rare. I would guess, I, I don't really have the numbers in front of me, but I would guess there's less than 100,000 new cases of, of these blood tumors a year, whereas, you know, there's many, many, many hundreds or millions of patients with these, you know, the common tumors, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, lung cancer, head and neck cancer, pancreas cancer, et cetera. So, if if we could crack that nut, and that's why everybody's working so hard, and that's why the NCI is willing to invest in this, even though to date we haven't had success, um, it it would be huge. I, I would just add that you know having been in this business for a long time and seen things, it sometimes takes a long time and a lot of work to to overcome obstacles. And you know the best examples I think are, are probably monoclonal antibodies, which were discovered in the late 70s, early 80s, and generated a huge excitement. But it's taken, you know, 20, 25, 30 years to really develop a handful of those that are, you know, very effective therapies. The same thing, I, you know, I've been in the gene therapy business since the early 90s. And it's just now, 20, 25 years later, that the first approved gene therapies for cancer, and, and CAR T-cells are, are, are the first one, um, that, have, that have been approved. So the problem is... You know, everyone gets very excited, and often there's a little bit of of hype about a, a new approach. And then, if it doesn't work right away, people get you know very discouraged, and you know this is never going to work. Why should we bother with it? And that's not probably the best attitude. Um, there's there, there needs to be a, a group of more hardcore, stubborn people, and I guess I'm one of them. Um, that will and and some vision in the and the NCI to to keep funding these kind of things. Um, to, to let us have the time to work out some of these kinks. Um, you know, I've gotten responses on grants recently about the CAR T cells. That they just say, well, CAR T cells don't work, so why should we fund any more grants? And, you know, I have to argue. I said, well, I would say it would be the opposite type of thing. You know, the, the proof of principle is already there. Why wouldn't you want to, you know, double down rather than fold your hand at this point? And, you know, that's... <laughs> That's sort of a grant philosophy that luckily for this program project, the people that reviewed it had the latter philosophy rather than 
saying, oh, this is never going to work. I don't want to waste any more money on it. So I'm grateful for the NCI and some foundations and some companies for funding it. I mean, Carl had a very difficult time getting NIH funding initially for his work. It was, you know, people just thought it was sort of crazy type stuff. But, you know, as he got more and more information and, you know, he, he convinced people, there's many, many people in the field now. Finally, just overall, is there anything else you'd like to add about, you know, your future research, CAR-T therapy, or just solid tumor treatment in general? Well, I, I think I've mixed that in pretty much uh, with what we've talked about. It's, it, as I said, it's it's been daunting so far, but people are, you know, chipping away at it. I, ho- I hope we'll be able to make that kind of a breakthrough. Um, one, of the, one of the things people are thinking about in the future is trying to develop um, more off-the-shelf type of cells that wouldn't have to be individually made for each person. It's, it's a very, um, as you can imagine, it's a very time-consuming and expensive process to do this. So the patient has to come in, they have to be screened to see if they have the target. They have to agree that they want to do this. They have to come in and have their blood, not just a blood tube, but they have to have a lot of blood taken out in a special machine. Then it has to go to the, commercially now it has to be sent for, for example, in Novartis, has to be sent to New Jersey. They have to have the virus. They have to make the T cells. They have to do quality control. That has to be shipped back to the hospital. The patient has to come back in. That can take you know weeks. Come into the hospital. They're they're um, given drugs to lower their own lymphocytes so that the T cells have a better chance to to grow. And they're infused. And then there are side effects after that. So it's very um, time consuming and very expensive. So one of the goals of the of the field is to try to see if we could figure out ways to make cells that we could give everybody. So it's a more off the shelf type of of approach. And you know, I know Carl's team has really been working on that in terms of the blood tumors where they already have some success. And and our lab's working on that also, um, finding a cell line rather than an individual person's own T cells, where we could make multiple changes. Um, and potentially give multiple doses of the drug, uh, which I think might be, would certainly be less expensive and maybe more efficacious. 